I've got the experts expert on the show with me today, Janie McCauley of the Associated Press. Nearly every story you read about the Warriors at, in some way originates with you, Janie. I'm so excited to have you on. You ready to do this? Thanks for having me. This will be fun. It will. This is uh, Locked on Warriors. <laughs> On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Warriors your first listen every day. We're free and available on all platforms. You can follow Janie McCauley on Twitter at Janie McCap, uh, M-C-C-A-P. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Roadshow and this program on Twitter at Locked On Dubs. First off, Janie, um, I, I would love for you to introduce yourself to the audience. Like, what is your background? Uh, my day job is I'm a journalism professor, and I always tell my students the two most reliable sources of information are the Associated Press and Reuters, the, the wire services, simply because uh, there's such a limited influence when it comes to setting an agenda, right? Your, your, your entire business model is based on other news organizations and other uh, organizations in general subscribing to your company, um, thus taking out all the advertiser influence. So, so what people usually read from AP is objective. It's it lacks bias. It's it's all about just reporting the facts. Um, how did you get to where you are now, uh, being the primary Associated Press reporter covering the Golden State Warriors? Well, I think I've had some good timing, Cyrus, and <clears throat> been pretty lucky. Um, I was the kid at at 13 in, in rural Washington, where all your apples come from, um, <laughs> over the mountains from Seattle, who wrote to every NBA team when I was 13. And once a year, did we get to go over the mountains, you know, a mountain pass two and a half hours to, to a supersonics game. What best, best day of my year. So, uh, two and a half hours each way over mountain pass. It was a big deal in my family. And then my little brother and I got one hour post game to, try to find autographs or meet the players or the coaches or, you know, ask Casey Jones why he, he did what he did. You know, so I think I had this in me maybe, maybe even a little bit at a young age. Uh, so I think pretty, most journalists do. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, I, I'm somewhat familiar with Eastern Washington. I went to a wedding up in Winthrop, which is like an hour or two uh, south of the Canadian border. Uh, it's in Spokane. A lot of the locals call us Compton. Where in Eastern Washington are you from? I know there's Pullman, which is where Washington State is. Well, Central Washington. I'm from the town of Leavenworth. It's a little Bavarian tourist town um, right over the mountains. So um, I went to Washington State. I'm much older than Clay Thompson. Don't look too closely <laughs> at the wrinkles or the grays. But um, yeah, Kareth Burke went to Washington State with yes. a nice, uh, nice little WSU connection at, at Chase Center um, most nights. So yeah, um, but grew up in Leavenworth, a little town right in the heart of Apple Country, a tourist oh, town. I I so. love it. And then and then describe for, let's say, like someone who's younger watching right now that aspires to someday be a journalist. Uh, what was your college experience like? Well, where'd you go to school and, and what was the path that led to the position you're in now? Went to Washington State. Oh, yeah. Uh, no, you just said yeah, that. I'm so yeah. sorry. Yeah, no, but, it's OK. But um, <laughs> I'm so sorry. That was a brain I, part. Yeah. <laughs> I started working for, for the town newspaper in my little town, um, a weekly newspaper during high school as a junior. So I was I was fortunate to maybe find something that I liked and early on. And then I 
Through college, I freelanced for the Idaho Statesman covering University of uh, Idaho football and, nice. and freelanced for a lot of papers, whether it was the then Journal American in Bellevue and just not everybody wanted to trek to Pullman. So it meant that some that I got some fun opportunities that way. And then I worked in Spokane after college and um Covered four seasons of minor league baseball before Ichiro Suzuki arrived in Seattle in 2001, you know, big, with big fanfare. And that was a team that won 116 games and clinched right after September 11th. And so it was my timing was fortunate joining the AP in Seattle in, in 2000 ahead of that that fun, that special Mariner season. There was a lot to it. They They, you know, clinching right after. The terrorist attacks, uh, um, on, and so there was, there was a lot going on there. And Ichiro, you could not write enough about him for yeah. for the market we you know serve in Asia. So uh, I learned a lot. And that's how you got into the Associated Press was by covering Ichiro. Yes, I did some you know short stories out of Pullman, some short little wrap up game wrap ups uh, during college, but that that didn't didn't hurt my cause to have those connections with AP. And that's right. what I tell students, right? Our relationships are what matter so much. Um, even in finding a s unique story like this, this one on Gary Payton, the second I did today on his dyslexia. So oh, I'm gonna, oh, we're going to talk about that and the warriors in general. Yeah, I mean, you're, yeah, you're, you are literally not, an expert. Um, I'm just fascinated with your, I'm, I'm fascinated with everyone's background. I think every human being on this planet is interesting in some regard and, and has a story to tell. Um, you yeah. are a storyteller, but you're rarely telling a story about yourself. So how did you get, so how did you go from the Seattle area where my, where I do have family living currently and I, I've, I know the area well, it's beautiful. Um, how did you eventually uh, get to this very enviable position covering the best team in the NBA in the world, the Golden State Warriors? Well, let's say his name was Barry Bonds. They transferred me down here to to cover Barry's home run. I mean, the AP moved me down here and um, there was a position that, that came open. And so um, I spent five years covering Barry Bonds' home run chase and, and um, have been covering the Warriors for 20 years. So it, oh my it's God. going fast. Yeah. yeah, Barry, Barry, your residence, uh, your name is very familiar, I think, to anyone who who follows sports here in the Bay Area. Um, I think any story you read on ESPN about the Warriors that's more like a, a reporting style story is mostly either you or I believe Kendra Andrews, who was recently picked up. But um, because they pay or subscribe to the Associated Press, a lot of your content's on there as well. Um, it's funny, we met for the first time formally the, uh, a couple weeks ago uh, at Chase Center. Um, you are clearly someone from my perspective who commands the media room, which says a lot. I mean, everyone respects you. You're just, I mean, you, 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 you own that room and I loved it. I, I loved your energy. Um, I guess first things first, uh, the Warriors played on national TV, uh, Saturday night. It was a lot closer than I think a lot of people thought it would be because of how shorthanded the Nets were, but then again, the Warriors are shorthanded as well. Um, give us your thoughts and a general recap on that game. What, what, what'd you take away from it? Well, what, what a game, right? Um, there's no Kevin Durant and, and no Joe Harris, who's who's another central Washington boy who's, <laughs> you know, we take a lot of pride in Joe. And so no Durant, no Joe Harris, but Kyrie Irving, right? So there's yeah. already a, a storyline here, given he should have been the only vac unvaccinated person in the building on Saturday because of San Francisco's 
vaccination rules and right. he gets to play. Uh, and boy, did he play. Uh, it was quite a quite a back and forth game. It was a f- really fun game to watch. It was. And I actually had my 13, my daughter turned 13 that day. And so she was along with me with a friend. And so it was, I was running around, you know, getting to the concession stand and then getting back to my seat. And uh, <laughs> it was a fun, it was a fun game. And that, that concluded a six and one homestand, which was an important, you know, they're, they're still trying to establish this home court advantage at Chase Center. And they're, they're starting to, to do that. And uh, now they go back on a quick Texas road trip and hope that um, they're hoping that Andre Iguodala will be back on Thursday night when the, when the Kings come to town. So absolutely, yeah, they might get a you know some reinforcements there. Yeah, and and we'll talk about that road trip. We'll talk about the story you just recently published uh, on Gary Payne the second. I read it earlier today. It's a beautiful piece. Um, first, got to pay some bills real quick. And Janie, you can either join with me or sit back. Uh, I'm going to talk about Built Bar. Have you ever had one of those, by the way, Janie? A Built Bar? I haven't had one yet. Have you? No, but you tell me where to get one. I'll put it in my swim bag or my tennis bag. <laughs> well, my understanding is they're available everywhere. Wes Goldberg, who hosted this podcast before me, swears by him. Dieter Kurdenbach, my partner in crime on this show. Uh, he'll be joining me back again on Wednesday. He's been covering the Niners. He swears by these things. They're basically protein bars that taste like a candy bar, uh, only they're dipped in chocolate. They have a fraction of the calories, fraction of the sugar and net carbs, yet they have 17 grams of protein for each bar. They have incredible flavors, coconut almond, peanut butter brownie, raspberry, cookies and cream, my personal favorite, salted caramel, mint brownie, and so much more. Janie, you just asked where you can find them. They're available everywhere. You can just go to your local store. You can also go to built.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. Again, just use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Warriors your first listen. The NBA trade deadline is Thursday, February 10th. That's a week from Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern time. And the Locked On NBA podcast will be covering it live from 2 to 4 p.m. Join Kim Becker, John Corrales, and Locked On fantasy basketball host Josh Lloyd to get analysis of every blockbuster move. Subscribe to Locked On NBA YouTube and turn your notifications on so you know when they go live. Janie McCauley joins me here on Locked On Warriors. You can follow her on Twitter at Janie McCap. Uh, and let's talk. So you mentioned just a moment ago the Warriors finished a homestand six and one, um, which was a little surprising because if you because if you go back to the beginning of the homestand, they lost uh, the first game, a game they shouldn't have lost, and they barely won that last meeting with the Rockets. That was when we saw each other. Uh, that was Stephen Curry's first uh, game buzzer beating game winner, if I get that correct. Um, and then they proceeded to win, pull off six straight. Uh, and now they're going back to Houston. Um, I guess first things first, uh, I read your piece on Gary Payne II. 
who has been a tremendous addition for this team. I still cannot believe they almost lost him. I, 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 I cannot wait to interview Bob Myers at some point because I have a million questions for him. I'd love to pick his brain. Um, but you pick all of these, these individuals' brains on a regular basis, uh, including Gary Payne II. Tell us about this story. Um, he's been in the news a lot, not necessarily for basketball, but for being very altruistic in terms of helping younger individuals with certain health problems, maybe. And, and what is your piece about well, Gary hosted uh, a bunch of youth and their families at, at a recent game. And, and Cyrus, you're going to have to forgive me. This seven-game homestand, has their, the games are blurring together in my head. So it was uh, one of these recent games. I think it was the, the night of the 20th. Was that the night I saw you? Yes, uh, I believe so, yeah. And one young man in particular, um, Jaden Jones, who just turned 12 a couple days ago, and he has – you know, severe learning disabilities, um, not just one, multiple. And imagine just how intimidating it is for him at school. He's been adopted by his grandparents. So his parents aren't in the picture. His grandparents are his guardians. And he attended this reading um, event that, that Gary hosted on a webinar last month in December. And, uh, this young man, whenever he feels overwhelmed, he remembers what Gary told him. <laughs> and it's just, and Gary had dyslexia and he is using his platform in a beautiful way and has been just such an addition to this Warriors team for not only the smothering defense he plays and the dazzling high-flying dunks, but for the person he is. He's yeah. fit this team um, beautifully and yeah. just it hasn't been an easy NBA road for him and he's a, he's the son of a former star I mean that doesn't make it easy in itself so um, it was really special to tell this story of what Gary has meant to um, youth with dyslexia by, by telling it through this the eyes of this boy Jaden Jones and and his grandparents yeah, it was a beautiful story, and and like you mentioned, the subject, the primary subject of your story, Jaden, um, my stepson, who I love dearly, um, has severe ADHD, and uh, and this child had had ADHD, dyslexia, and there was a third thing as well. I can't remember what it was. Um, dysgraphia. And dysgraphia, which I don't even know what that is. I don't know if it's worth spending the time to talk about that, but it's it sounds um, doesn't sound fun. And here is Gary Payne the second who look the variable that to me is what makes this Warriors team so successful this year is chemistry and, and just go building off what you just said about Gary a second ago. He fits. Everyone seems to love him. Um, you do have to give Myers credit. I criticized him a moment ago because the Warriors did almost lose him uh, at the beginning of the year by not guaranteeing his contract. He amazingly survived the waiver wire, and then the, the Warriors were able to keep him. Um, but uh, it's it, but I also have to give Myers credit because a lot of the players really wanted Avery Bradley, and that might have cost uh, Gary Payne II his roster spot. And so they did make a great decision, in my opinion, there. Um, you you look you cover this team extensively. You are literally the definition of an, of an insider. Uh, can you do you have any information to share? I'm going to switch gears here for a second on James Wiseman. This is a, a young individual who's only, I believe, 19 right now. We we saw him play briefly last year. Haven't seen him at all yet this year. Um, do you have any updates? And, and what's your feeling on him? Like, do you think he's going to even play this year? Like, like what do you think? I I still remain, you know, I guess 
my thought is he will play. Now, Steve Kerr said last week that he's done kind of giving exact timelines because it's it's not easy to give an exact timeline on a major injury. There are, there are highs and lows with rehabs. We saw it with with Clay for two and yeah. a half years. And they Wiseman's also, you know, he's he's young. He's not a veteran the way Clay is when he, you know, was when he went through this. And so why put any kind of undue risk on this? Um, yes, everybody wants to see Wiseman in there. Um, meanwhile, you, you've seen Looney, who's pulling down rebounds and doing such a, an admirable job. Yes. Um, I am not going to guess on the timeline of James Wiseman because it's, it's um, something that, you know, Steve Kerr was hopeful he'd be back in contact drills. And the one thing we must remember is at this point of the season, practice time is at a minimum. Right. So you need practice time to work guys in and out. And, and when practices are at a minimum and days off are, are important, it's, it's, it's just going to take time. And people don't always understand that, they aren't practicing every day, and if you're not practicing every day, and if the team's on the road, those opportunities for Wiseman to scrimmage and undergo contact and, and bumps, and that's an important part of the process. He's yeah. got to be in there with contact before they're going to put him in a game, and so there has to be the opportunity for him to do that and not just do it once, but build up build up in terms of how long he scrimmages. They did a very structured progression with Clay in terms of scrimmaging, a couple minutes and then a few minutes the next week and then several more minutes the following week. It, it doesn't just happen. And, and that's a position the Warriors find themselves in. And so as a team that's pursuing a world championship, and I know you're in the business of facts, but I'm going to ask you for your opinion here right now. Um, in your opinion... Do you think it's time for the Warriors to maybe move on and try start over next year with Wiseman so that way they can at least put him on whatever the NBA calls their injured list? I think it's like a reserve list. I, 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 or do you think they should stick with him and, and hope he can contribute in the playoffs? I am not going to to speculate on what they might do, but right. if, they, if they feel he is healthy enough to contribute this season, there's still a lot of basketball left. Right. If, if if they feel it's going to be a risk to him for long term issues, then they they have a pretty good system in place in terms of medical and um, you know sports performance people who will make the determination. It's not uh, Steve Kerr always says that's beyond beyond me. Those those guys will tell me what to do, and so right. um, we have seen how much Wiseman can impact this team. Uh, he only played three college games and came in and contributed to the Warriors right away. And so yeah. if, he, if he is healthy, uh, I think they will want to incorporate him if, if it makes sense. And if it doesn't put him at risk for, for any kind of prolonged issue with that knee. Exactly. And that's the key, right? You don't want to sustain long-term damage. Do you know what the rule is, by the way, as someone, I feel like you, if anyone can answer this question, it'd be you. Uh, like, what is the rule in terms of, of roster availability? Let's say the Warriors decide, look, we need to win a championship now. 
We love James Wiseman, but it's just not going to happen this year because it's, there's just not enough time for him to acclimate uh, in terms of getting ready for never never mind a regular season game, a postseason game. And there are players out there they could either uh, make a trade for, or they could wait till the to the buyout market opens up. Um, like, like how does that work? Like, can the Warriors add someone else and basically put Wiseman aside for the rest of the year? Is that not an option? Are you familiar with these rules? Like, what can the Warriors do? I'll have to I'll have to get back to you on on <laughs> okay. that. But um, you know, again we go back to chemistry. And yeah. that matters a lot to Bob Myers. It matters a lot to Steve Kerr. It matters above Bob Myers, you know, all yeah, the way, yeah. you know, to Brandon Schneider, Joe Lacob, um, formerly Rick Welts. Th- those things matter a lot. And so yeah. it's not just a an issue of bringing in somebody new and throwing them in because they don't, they take a lot of care in what that could do to disrupt, you know, a good thing that's going on already. So, yeah, uh, I'm not going to, I'm not really ready to guess on, on that front Cyrus, because given how much they care about those things and, um, flow and rotations and which guys are working well together. Remember, they've just incorporated clay back into the mix. Well, that's almost like getting a new player, right? Yeah. Two and a half mm-hmm. years is a long time. And and clay and Steph and Wiggins, Wiggins had never played with clay. I mean, Jordan Poole had never played with clay. Right, right. How many of these guys had never played with clay? So they've already incorporated a new player just just now so um they'll they'll use some care in in those kinds of decisions for sure and as they should yeah i just i just my concern is size and and that is that this and again any criticism to me is nitpicking this team is fantastic but um it is a concern i mean i you know we look at bielitsa who i don't know if he's going to play in the rockets game tonight because of those back spasms draymond green has now been out for weeks who knows when he's coming back because of a back injury um, you, you know, no pun intended, but at a certain point, these bigs, there's, there's only so much they can carry on their backs, uh, before things start to give out. Right. And, and I just feel like they could use one more big body and why isn't supposed to be that guy. And who knows at this point when he's going to come, but uh, we'll, we'll, we'll talk, we'll cover a lot more subjects with Janie when we come back, uh, here on Locked on Warriors. You are Locked on Warriors. Your daily Golden State Warriors podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Warriors your first listen every day. We're free and available on all platforms. Janie McCauley joins me here. You can follow her on Twitter at Janie McCap. Is this is this the CAP? Is that a, like an AP style thing? Like, like what does that represent? Just. Um, a lot of people have called me Janie Mack, and then AP is Associated Press. So there you go. Okay, yep. gotcha. Th- yep. Thank you. I was I was trying to figure that out there. So it's just Janie okay. MC, MCCAP, uh, the yeah. AP representing the Associated Press. You're in the locker room a lot, and again, as you mentioned earlier in this uh, this show, you've seen for approximately 20 years now. Who are your favorite interviews? Like like out of all the players in that locker room, like if you if, if you had to pick. To interview someone, who's your first choice and why? Well, it's um, that's a real toss-up because there are a lot of a lot of great 
guys to talk to in there. Now, Draymond Green, I can ask him one question and he'll talk for 25 minutes if I need him to. <laughs> right. But, uh, you know, the, Draymond is real. And, and when you sit down with him, it's, it's always fascinating. Um, you know, I really try to kind of pick my moments and, and not take too much of these guys' time because it's, they are spread so thin and pulled in so many different directions that, um, I try not to do big, long, in-depth interviews with these guys. If I can do, you know, short hits here and there with them, they they appreciate that and also realize that's respecting their time. And then they then they make themselves available. So, right. Uh, Stephen Curry is always thoughtful on any topic. Um, always wants to help inspire. Uh, do whatever he can with with his platform, which is he doesn't have to do that, but that matters to him. Right. Um, you know, I saw uh, Juan Toscano Anderson pull a young man out of the stands recently, uh, a, a, a guy who's 18, who has been following Juan's career since he was eight. Um, wow. this, this guy <laughs> drove 10 hours from Mexicali, Mexico, I've been there. Yeah. He'd come see Juan, and Juan saw him, and and you know, Juan knows this kid because um, he used to watch Juan's games in Mexico, and so it was just the sweetest moment. Uh, this guy comes down to the court, and I got to kind of video that moment and and share that in a series of tweets, and it was really, you know, those are the the moments that give a glimpse to who these guys are off of the court where they make an effort to brighten somebody's day or do something that makes an impact. And, um, that was fun to see. Uh, Looney's kind of a soft-spoken guy, but but just just wonderful. Um, Jordan Poole has this running joke when he comes in the (laughs) interview room, 90 seconds. He wants to be in and out of there in 90 seconds. Sometimes we... (laughs) Sometimes we let him uh, get away with that, and sometimes we don't. So uh, at least, yeah, he's he's making. You know, a lot of these guys are are learning media uh, protocols along the way as they as they grow in their NBA years, and so I can't pick one guy who I I like to interview most. So they they're all. It's a good group overall. So. Oh, that was, a, that was a great answer, I thought. And I'm glad you brought up Jordan Poole because um, I don't know if you agree with me or not, but these last four or five games are the first time all year where he's shown consistency. Um, and I'm seeing his game simplified. He's not forcing up Steph Curry-type shots, right, from 35, 40 feet. Uh, and you're seeing the results. I'm, I'm really stoked on seeing how the team is acclimating and assimilating, especially Wiggins and Poole, to Clay Thompson's return, as you mentioned a moment ago. Uh, Stephen Curry uh, is, uh, and I'm only going to keep you for a couple more minutes, I promise, Janie, I know you got to go. Um, Stephen Curry's going through what is arguably the worst stretch of his career, at least since his rookie year, in terms of shooting percentages, at least. Um, uh, are you worried? Should Dub Nation be worried, in your opinion? Uh, do you think this is just the, the standard dog days, maybe just a little worse than usual, or, or is there some legitimate room for concern? No concern. Um he's he's physically okay for the most part you know he's banged his hands a couple times in in recent weeks but 
if you look at the entire body of work that is not just his three-point shooting, you'll see how many assists to the assist to turnover ratio, and it was something like 34 assists to six turnovers um, before these last couple of games. And two games ago, he shot six for ten on threes, and um, you know he's not worried. Yeah, he wants to make more of those. But uh, Steve Kerr is thrilled with all the other things Steph is doing. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, as Clay continues to knock down shots, that's going to take some some pressure off Steph. I mean, think of the way teams are defending him the last couple of years. Uh, You've got the reigning scoring champion out there who just gets everything thrown at him. And Mm -hmm. he is human. He's he's. uh, He's going to go through maybe a little little funk, and it, it doesn't seem. It seems like it's just a matter of time before he starts knocking some down, and it will it will carry on. The, speaking of Jordan Poole, Cyrus, a minute ago, it's it's interesting. Jordan said he actually gave Steph a pep talk about, okay, keep shooting, uh, <laughs> you got this. Well, I I asked Steph about that. You know, what did that feel like to you? to hear that from Jordan Poole and Steph really appreciated hearing that from Jordan Poole. That means uh, his wording was, you know, that shows that Jordan is engaged and focused in and wants to, you know, keep me going. So that was a kind of an interesting, you know, um, background on what's going on behind the scenes with, with those two. And, Jordan has had to kind of step step back and and take a six man role with Clay back and um, Steph Steph has enough other scores and playmakers around him to to withstand this and yeah Steve Kerr did say that you know chasing that three point record took took a toll on Steph and uh, it's it's just the Warriors aren't worried about him not one bit so. Um, I'm not either, in all honesty. And and you, I'm glad you brought that up because that's the that's the one date, the one moment that where there is a correlation between the percentages going down a little bit uh, is that three point mark and and him chasing that. That's when it all started. I, I've noticed um, because people like bringing up various injuries, certain moments. But uh, maybe Steve Kerr is onto something, and, and it's just that that warm out a little bit. And he's not like a spring chicken like he used to be, right? I mean, he's he's, uh, he's almost 34, and I think he's, he's about to turn 34, um, or maybe he's turned that already. But uh, yeah, so who knows? But um, Janie, it's been a pleasure having you on. Um, I, I, you have to tell me about it. And this is for a little insider thing for the for the listeners and the viewers. Um, so in the media room at Chase Center, there's a, a a room within the room for the beat writers, right? And and I believe that's that's your your home base. Um, and you got this little fridge that has Warriors Lager. It's the most re- weirdest cans I've ever seen. Who makes those? Is that really beer? I mean, can, I mean, can we even talk about this? I hope we can, because I want to try one of those one of these nights. But is that an actual beer? And is that designed for to to just release once the work is done? <laughs> yes, the there are different. It is locked. It is locked. The little fridge is locked until posting. <laughs> okay. I may or may not know the code, so you better not ask me. But, Fair um, enough. <laughs> it, it opens up after the game and. It's all I, I believe they're all Bay Area. There might be a Bud Light in there, but they're all mostly local ales. And gotcha. so it's a nice um, 
you know, Raymond Ritter and his staff, oh. media relations, they think of everything. So it's they a do. nice way for them to host the visiting writers as well to, to you know, back, back at Oracle Arena in Oakland, there used to be a keg. A free flowing keg, like I've after heard the game. stories like I've heard stories but, like um, that. I never saw it, but yeah, <laughs> that's so, amazing. Yeah, you don't don't think you're gonna get away with having a beer during the game, um, but uh, it's. Oh, I love it, Raymond Ritter. To me, is I mean, I, I can't mention this enough. I've always best talked about business. this. The best, easily, like not even close. I, I, it's it's incredible, and and it's a huge reason why. Uh, I love going to the game. I just it's just a commute for me and I'm such a homebody. But fortunately, we're at Dub Nation, you have Janie McCauley going to every home game. And you don't travel, right? I mean, is it just a home thing? No, my AP colleagues in other cities pick up gotcha. the team when when the team leaves town. So perfect. Well, happy thirteenth yeah. birthday to your daughter, uh, belatedly, but happy birthday again. That's awesome. You must be a proud mom. Okay. Um thanks for coming on. It was such a pleasure. Uh and thanks for sharing your insights. And again, you can follow Janie McCauley. Uh, on Twitter at Janie McCap, M-C-C-A-P. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Dogsurf Roadshow and this program at Twitter at Locked on Dubs. And make sure you you, uh, you follow Janie on Twitter so you can read her newest piece about Gary Payne II um, and the really incredibly thoughtful, caring acts that he is doing for children who need it. Um, anything else you'd like to promote before we call it a wrap? That's great. Thanks for awesome, having Janie. me, Cyrus. No, thank you. Okay. And, and thanks for making Locked on Warriors your first listen every day. I'll be back tomorrow with Polly Mack of the KNBR Morning Show. Now make your second listen, Locked on Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked on Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms. Thank you so much again, Janie, and thank you, Dub Nation. Take care, everyone. Later. Bye.